found the Digging Oak Island podcast, a podcaster's journey to discover the truth behind the Oak Island mystery. Dave McBride, thank you so much for downloading and listening. If you've been listening to and enjoying our podcast, please help out the show by leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, I'd like to invite you to join us on Facebook and Twitter. You can follow the show at Digging Oak Island. In today's podcast, we're going to do our Season 8 review and wrap-up show and close the book, so to speak, on this past season of The Curse of Oak Island. I've been asking you guys to submit your thoughts on what you saw this year and maybe what even what you'd like to see in Season 9, and you certainly answered the call for me with some great messages. So we're going to begin over on social media with Facebook uh, with a listener with the wonderful name of Dave who says, Season 8, I liked it, but we have to be honest and admit that it was full of red herrings. I get that they had to milk the footage for everything they could, but there were times they almost insulted the viewer with the excitement over nothing. Like you've said, if you never hear of it again, it's because it didn't pan out, and there was a lot of that stuff this season. I love Rick and Marty and the rest and will continue to watch, but I sure would like for the producers to show a little respect for the viewer. Is that too much to ask? Dave, first... Great name. Second, I want to start with you because I think you've captured well in your message here um, what the biggest complaint of this season was for longtime fans of the show. And I'm going to, you know, <laughs> echo this quite a bit throughout here. The pine tar kiln that uh, turns out to maybe even not be a pine tar kiln. The swagger stick for a military officer turns out to be a lipstick cover. You know, we make a big deal of a big chunk of gold that turns out to be a brass like doorknob. The list goes on and on. A piece of a cannon that never gets verified. A search for a tunnel in the money pit at 87 feet that just gets abandoned. A door to a hidden cellar in uh, Samuel Ball's uh, foundation. I mean, again, I could do this for the entire episode. Go through this kind of stuff. I mean, remember the serpent mounds, remember the plumb bob, the Chinese cash coin, Aaron Helton's theory about a corridor leading to the treasure. In my mind, if this season is remembered for anything, it will be for ox shoes, for one thing, or what my friend Chris Poe, who I do another podcast called Sit Downs and Sessions with, what he calls a quote unquote treasure trove of tedium. Week after week, it seemed like we got just another artifact to get all excited about, but in the long run, nothing ever really came out of it. It was frustrating, and was and as we kind of continue with these messages, you know, as we go through this episode, you're going to hear this repeated quite a bit. I'll try not to linger too much on it, um, but it will come up again. Anyway, thank you so much, Dave. Let's go now to John, who says, I will take all the content, Oak Island content I can get, if they release the hundreds of hours of raw footage, I'd probably watch it. So I'll never complain about there not being enough finds. On the contrary, I wish they'd run digging deeper episodes all off-season where they dive more into the analysis of each find in order to close the loop with the viewers. Would also love to see the theorists get more time to detail their work. Squeezing 20 theories into a one-hour show just isn't fair. I'm definitely excited about season nine, but I say that every year. Would love to see a big dig. I just hope they go deep enough and wide enough to leave no doubt. Easy for me to say since I'm not writing the checks. I think there has been a tremendous amount of subsurface movement over the decades, so whatever there was isn't going to be in the same spot. I think most of the findings anyway from the money pit are just as likely to have explanations that have nothing to do with depositing treasure as they are to the contrary. 
So they are not as exciting in my mind, but it helps to understand the whole picture of the island's past. If it comes down to resource allocation, I hope they choose the big dig over further excavations in the swamp, but that's just me. You know, John, I'm probably with you, and after all my complaining and belly aching, you know, what you said at the top there, I'll be back for whatever new Oak Island content they want to give us, and uh, and yes, I too wish the show would take a more serious and maybe even more, what's the word, intellectual approach to the dig, but you know, that's not what they do, and that's not what we're going to get here. So we have to kind of get past that and not really worry about it too much because this is the show we have, and it's not going to change all that much as the years go by. Okay, thank you so much uh, for that email, John. Let's head now over to Portugal to hear from our old friend, Lionel, who says, I think season eight was one of the best. People dazzled with treasure finds will, of course, disagree. But doing actual archaeology and artifact datings is way more savvy and interesting than just shooting for one single big history-changing find. Uh, Lots of diversity, kiln, ball foundation, road, roadside buildings, metal traces in water, lots of artifacts, the not-serpent mound, but still puzzling mounds all the same, tracing the tunnel in the money pit area. Much more diversity than ever this season. Uh, thank you, uh, Lionel, for writing in again. Always great to hear from you from over uh, from over on the other side of the pond there. Um, and it is true what you say, like it or not. Uh, this was a very different kind of season than we have been used to, um, mostly due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but nonetheless still very different. Um, I agree the turn towards archaeology is a good one in my mind as well, and I think that's a permanent one, right? Because we're adding so many of these guys, these, these well, guys and girls, right? We're adding so many of these uh, intellectuals and these academics to this dig. We're adding archaeologists and swamp doctors and more archaeologists, you know, and we're doing a lot of, um, you know, scientific and academic work on the area, which is something that, listen, before now wasn't really done, Right. Before this group came in here and did this with this these kind of folks, you know, you might have had an academic here and there. I'm sure people, you know, incredibly familiar with some of the work done over the years will find people who were. Uh, but you didn't get university involvement like you have now. You didn't get scientific involvement there every day, all the time, like you do now. Um, you know, for people interested in the in the hunt for all the years, that was something that they wanted, not just trying to get to the bottom of what we all thought was a pirate treasure in the money pit. You know, there's more to it here. And the more we uncover, the more it seems like there's more to it. And, uh, you know, if nothing else, I think this season certainly cemented that academic involvement in Oak Island, probably for the rest of the Lagina's time on the island. Anyway, Leonel, thank you so much. Great to hear from you again. Okay, let's go to Carla now, who writes. This is all on Facebook again. Uh, I think it was the most informative season to date. I also think Prometheus did a fine job. No complaints about Robert Clotworthy or the presentation. I heard an interview with Laird Niven, and he thinks the money pit area should be excavated layer by layer, kind of like they are doing with the Swamp Road. Clearly, there is a tunnel system that is confusing them just drilling down. Um, They stated so. I agree with this idea and also worry about damage caused to whatever is underground by drilling into it. Regardless, I have every faith the Lagina brothers and Craig Tester will do whatever is the right thing to uncover the secrets of Oak Island. Carla, I'm actually um, got an agreement from Laird to do an interview for this summer's uh, you know off-season podcast. I'm certainly going to ask him about that. I think that does that is a very intriguing idea. Let me tell you this: it will take years to complete that way. Right? He's right. 
um, and it's probably something that some something that should be done because what we run into all the time here is who could have done this and what searcher could have done that. And by doing an archaeological dig and taking it piece by piece and plotting it all out, then you kind of write the book, the definitive book on everything that was done and everything that was done that we don't really know about, of which I complain here all the time, you know, for a researcher and for somebody like me who's reading into Oak Island and looking into Oak Island, there are so many gaps, so many gaps in what we would call the written history of the dig, of what's going on here, or what went on here. So, uh, I mean, you know, all the searcher work being done over the years, you know, has been gumming up the works down there. And that this idea that Laird had might be the only way to get the real picture of who did what and when. That's a great idea. And let's let's uh, let's see if I can actually close this deal, get Laird on the show and actually talk talk to him about this. Um, let's go now to Marcy, who writes, I really wish the producers didn't hype up the televised finds as something of potentially major significance. I know they want to hook in newer viewers, but it kind of feels like a kick in the teeth to those who have been watching from the start. I could do without the drama and have been really interested in learning about how science and history influence which direction the search takes. Uh, here, here, Marcy. Um, well said. And, and like I said, I think there's a lot more of this season, a lot more of that this season than in past seasons, and that has caused. Um, a lot of consternation among the serious fandom of Oak Island. Um, you know, I'm chalking it up to the challenges of the COVID pandemic, uh, but let's see. You know, um, hopefully they can cut down that type of thing next season as they can adjust a little bit more. They were kind of forced into making these adjustments and doing the best they could. Uh, now, you know, they can see it coming if <laughs> if it is going to be a problem. Uh, thank you so much for writing. Great to hear from you, Marcy. All right, staying with Facebook here, uh, let's go now to Tammy, who says, very simply, I enjoyed it, referring to season eight. The history and artifacts were more interesting than the treasure. I am tired, however, of the cynicism of the viewers. <laughs> well, Tammy, I'm guilty of that a bit, too, and I think one of the ways you can help um, to uh, avoid that cynicism is by not really getting involved too much in the social media aspect of some of this or just not really looking into it. Listen, it's human nature, right? Um, social media is generally there for complaining. We all know that by now. Um, there's no secret there. So uh, again, I get guilty of it here too, and we get guilty of complaining about these things on, uh, on this show. But, um, you know, You'd, you'd, you'd be dealing a lot less with it if you limited your time on some of the Reddit Oak Island things and the Oak Island Facebook groups and stuff. Some of them are great. Most of the people on there are fantastic. But what gets talked about the most is sort of the cynical view, you know. And admittedly, it was hard this year to not get a little bit cynical, though. I mean, you, you, you can tell that by now, right? <laughs> All right. Let's turn now to a listener named Sam who writes... Hi, Dave. Love the show. I've been listening since the beginning. I have an observation, and maybe you or your listeners can expand on it. The observation is based on the stone road and path. The manpower needed to construct the road and path would have been enormous. So why on God's green earth would you build this only to hide a treasure? If so many men were needed to construct this pathway for the purpose to offload treasure to be buried, then why would the mystery be lost for years? Surely the many men involved in the hard labor side of things spread some type of word describing what work was done. 
Did they kill off all the hard laborers? The road had some other purpose. I just wish they would stop saying that this pathway is connected to the treasure, unless, here is the big question, unless the treasure was buried a long time ago and the French and English military had heard of the treasure or some type of treasure and made it made it a purpose to try and recover it, made the stone on purpose to try and recover it. And maybe, just maybe, they did recover it. Well, Sam, I, now I know this isn't a season eight wrap-up thing, but I wanted to stick this in here because we're getting towards the, you know, we got towards the end of the swamp. We're talking a lot about the swamp. Um, and as I'll mention later, I, I know we have some other emails to get to, but I wanted to throw this one in there because we're talking about, you know, a huge portion of season eight in the swamp. And, and he's right here. Um, that's what makes this road and what we saw here so puzzling. And I think... If you got to talk to the archaeologists off camera to really open up about this, uh, they would say almost exactly the same thing. And that's the same kind of thing you could say about so many conspiracy theories, right? Besides thinking up and executing the conspiracy, you usually also, <laughs> if, if these are true, have to convince dozens and dozens and sometimes hundreds and hundreds of people to go along with it. You know, I mean, think about the conspiracy of we didn't really land on the moon. It was all staged. I mean, do you know how many hundreds of people worked to make the Apollo <laughs> the Apollo project get off the ground? You know how many hundreds of people, thousands really, would have to be in on this conspiracy? And none of them said anything, right? One very popular thing going around social media now with the Oak Island fan community is this idea that a few seasons back, the team actually solved the whole mystery. That after 200 and something plus years, they finally found the thing that could solve, that can answer the question. They found something really big, but they're just keeping it from us in order to continue making episode after episode of this show. The problem with that theory is similar to what you're saying here, Sam, right? And what I said about NASA. It sounds all well and good until you start counting just how many people you actually have to keep quiet about it. How many people you have to convince to be dishonest and to take part in a sham and put their own reputations on the line to do so. Once you start thinking along those lines about how many people it really takes then all these conspiracy theories start to make less and less sense, right? Great message, Sam. Thank you very much. Let's go now to Ivan, who writes, I got 10 out of 10 with my preseason predictions. He went back and looked at his old predictions. One, they won't find any treasure. I mean, honestly, Ivan, you don't get any credit for that. Uh, two, they will dig some big holes where they think there is treasure. Again, I mean, I, I can't I can't give out points here for this stuff, Ivan. I mean, you didn't go out on a limb, you know. Uh, three, they will find some artifacts of interest like a bit of wood or a nail. They will get four, they will get something dated and it will be significant date over the last X hundred of years, hundreds of years. Five, they will do a random piece of Templar history. Six, they will do sentimental peace on one of the treasure hunters now past. Seven, they will invite a couple of guests who will tell them exactly where the treasure is, but it won't be there. Eight, at the end of every episode, they will do the exciting next episode reveal, but it'll just be a piece of wood or a nail. Nine, they will question whether they should carry on just one more hole, but dig five. Ten, <laughs> we will watch every episode and enjoy them and hope they will find some treasure even though we know they won't. Bonus. 
They will say it's learning the history of Oak Island that is the treasure, but we all know it's gold bars and the Ark of the Covenant we want to see coming up from the mud. Um, my friend, I, I wouldn't thank you for the email uh, or thank you for the message. I wouldn't pat yourself on the back too much with these predictions. I mean, this is kind of like uh, trying to, uh, you know, I don't think Vegas is going to take any odds, give you any odds on these bets. This would be like, you know, going up to the, uh, to the, 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 you know, the Vegas desk there and saying, I want to place money on this baseball game that a ball will be thrown to a catcher. Uh, <laughs> it's, you don't really get good odds on that kind of stuff, right? Uh, let's, let's see you go out on a limb a little more with your, uh, with your 10 predictions for next year. And maybe we can start handing out some credit for all this kind of stuff. <laughs> it was a great email. Uh, I enjoy, I really enjoyed reading it. Uh, a listener named Debbie simply wrote, absolutely loved it. Can't wait for season nine. Debbie, after all my complaining, and I'm not about to do a lot more or do certainly some more. Um, I really, truly feel the same way. When the season ends, I'm depressed. I, I, I have nothing to watch now on Tuesday nights. I can't wait for season nine either. Okay, let's take a quick break here, and we'll come back and read your emails. All right, so let's get to your emails here. We start off with Peter, a great friend of the show, who writes, I'm surprised to find myself with so little to say about the last season of The Curse of Oak Island. While it certainly held my interest with all sorts of surprising developments, ultimately, I'm not sure where it's going. No plans for a big dig because, well, golly, we just aren't sure where the heck the money pit might be. We don't know where the stone road leads. Pine tar pit was a dud. Mystery mound yielded few answers. We don't know if the ship-shaped anomaly is a ship shape at all or a ship at all. Didn't Smith's Cove fail to find much more than a slipway? We heard all sorts of wild theories about alignments, but did any of the theories really put an X marks the spot on anything truly valuable? And frankly, anything found this season could be called a Bobby Dazzler. With all this excavation, shouldn't they, shouldn't they have found something else as intriguing as the lead cross. The detective found a lot of suspects who, well, pointed to more suspects yet to be interviewed. I can imagine a new swamp coffer dam actually finding a sunken ship, but it's just a lot more wood and iron that's frustrating, that's frustratingly isn't treasure. Okay, yes, finding concentrations of silver in a few wells does sound promising. But questions keep nagging at me. One that wasn't addressed. Wouldn't silver keep getting more concentrated over time? So isn't it possible a bucket of silver corroding over centuries would mimic a dump truck full over a few decades? We sure it's not a small amount dissolving over a long time? Also, suppose the silver was removed. Could the water stay concentrated for a long time? And yes, all the old dates on wood or charcoal or whatever are certainly intriguing. And the offshore wharfs are surprising, but we still don't have solid clues about who was there and what they were doing, and whether there was one big coordinated scheme or a series of unrelated efforts. So while I do enjoy the show and your thoughtful podcast, thank you, sir, I have to say this season failed my simple common sense test. Did they find any kind of treasure more valuable than I can find on my street on trash day or at a local yard sale? or if I ran a metal detector in the local park. The hope is, I guess, 
that the silver tests will help them zero in on where the treasure has to be, and they'll dig there and find whatever can be found all during next season. The work might have already started. Looks like this week we'll see a high in the 70s in Oak Island. Okay, maybe so little to say was a little misleading. <laughs> I have a little train of thought here, my friend. But did I really say much? Seems like a lot I don't know. It uh, seems like a lot of uh, I don't knows to me. Thanks again for the podcast. Then he writes a PS, not to put a damper on things, but I, I was a little disappointed in the popular mechanics interview. This is the podcast from last week. Serving the audience means sharing what the article said, not saying, hey, go buy a copy and find out. Or maybe it didn't really have many revelations. Paradoxically, I think I'd be more intrigued to check it out if I had heard more details. Otherwise, well done. As always, happy you keep creating interesting content around the show. Okay, Peter, let me get, begin with that last part. I totally respect your opinion on the interview in last week's podcast. It's a fine and often difficult line to cross with these kind of things and these kind of interviews, right? I mean, the writer is doing the interview, the writer and the magazine agreed to do the interview because they are hoping to sell more copies of the magazine. So giving away essentially what's in the article is not at all in the best interest of who I'm talking to and not what they signed up for. And I got to keep that in mind. I simply have to. So I tried to give a few bits here and there. And listen, this article was available free. Um, for quite a while, and a lot of the Oak Island fandom has already read it. So I, I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, I was just sort of doing that and, and, <laughs> and you know, keeping things away, <laughs> you know, not revealing too much, just for, you know, because uh, they agreed to do the interview and I want to I keep my end of the bargain. Uh, it's a very well-written yet skeptical look at the treasure hunt. And that's something that just doesn't get published very often. So I really do encourage you guys to go and uh, and read that article. It was a really great little article. And and uh, there's some great visuals in it, too, that you're not going to get from me reading it. So go ahead. Take a look. And uh, I'm sorry if it didn't uh, hit your expectations there, Peter. But we won't have that same issue when we get down the road with other uh, interviews. Though we may have some. A lot of times authors are not really interested in you giving away the conclusions of their of their books. So if we have somebody who's written a book, like Gordon Fader, for instance, famously talks about this stuff, but tries to keep enough out there for you to go read the book. And I hope to get Mr. Fader on the show. Um all right, but I mean that's what he has to do. He's in the business of you, of making something for you to go buy, and we as you know, as the press here, as the media here, in all this, need to respect that. I need to understand that everybody's here to make a living. You know, uh, I won't take issue with anything else you said in your email. There, um, I know of three or four people, friends, relatives, who watch this show each and every week, and they all sound just like you do. Uh, we've already mentioned this before, right? As as far as work being done now. You mentioned it being nice up there. Um, I'm honestly not sure about that yet. I know in um, late April, Nova Scotia entered another serious lockdown, but uh, I'm not in Nova Scotia. I'm not in Canada. I'm in the United States. So I'm not sure who has been able to get into the province, how severe the lockdown is. It sounds pretty severe. Um, and so I don't know how easy it is to get stuff on the island. So despite the good weather, I'm afraid things are still not moving forward as they did before the virus. Uh, and yes, we are 
definitely lowering the bar on what qualifies as a Bobby Dazzler these days, aren't we? Uh, thank you, Peter. Always great to hear from you. Let's go now to Chris, who says, Hello, Chris in Everett, Washington. Love your podcast. Look forward to it every week after the show. Thank you for the content. You're welcome. He continues, I personally love season eight. It can't be overstated that they gave a ton of new content during a pandemic. I really enjoyed all the archaeology and moving from site to site. The history is just as enjoyable for me as the treasure hunting. I think they made a lot of progress this year in proving that something happened on Oak Island that's undocumented. Even if it turns out to have been a clandestine military effort not involving treasure at all, I would still watch the show to learn the details. We had some great crackpot sessions this year, which I always enjoy. Sooner or later, one is bound to get it right. I'm giving season eight four out of five stars, and the only way I'd give five stars is if they solved it all. I'm always glad to hear you stick up for Robert Clotworthy. His dulcet tones really make the show, regardless of the script he is reading. Can't wait for season nine, uh, even if it's just like season eight. Keep the podcast coming. Thanks again, Chris. Chris, well, that was one great upbeat look at season eight. Thank you so much for that. It does seem the idea of something non-treasure related, but yet undocumented in history is gaining a lot of steam here. Um, I think even the most skeptical are starting to turn at least towards that, right? So anyway, thank you very much, Chris. Let's go now to Matt, who says, hi, Dave, here is my review of season eight and my expectations for season nine of The Curse of Oak Island. Before I begin, I would just like to give season eight of the podcast, Digging Oak Island, five out of five stars. Thank you so much. <laughs> season eight review. I really only want to address what I believe are the two major discoveries of season eight, the road and the money pit. One, the road. I absolutely believe that if the road is man-made, it has nothing to do with depositing treasure on the island. The amount of manpower used to construct that road would not make any sense if it was used just to deposit treasure. There is no way that depositors would spend the time, the man hours needed to build a road of that size and bury treasure deep in the money pit. It makes no sense. I believe the road was constructed to allow oxen on and off the road, uh, on and off the island when used for grazing. That is really the only thing that makes sense to me. Okay, let's stop here. Uh, that is an incredibly well thought out um idea there, Matt. Uh, And I think a lot of people are starting to agree. We've heard of this sentiment already in a couple of these uh, emails and messages. Uh, It does. It is starting to appear as though whatever this road is, is certainly undocumented. It's certainly, um, you know, unknown to history, but it certainly does not seem like one something that would be needed to deposit a treasure somewhere. I mean, unless this treasure was shiploads big, you know, and you're bringing just cart after cart of stuff into this hole, uh, which seems less likely now, less and less likely every year we don't find this. And certainly the idea of having to ferry these oxen over and then walk them off onto the island to graze or to be used or whatever it is uh, makes all the sense in the world because you might not leave them there in the winter if you don't live there, right? If you're just leaving there in the summer, um, 
when the summer months permit such a thing and you bring them back to a farm or something along those lines. So all kind of makes sense. Anyway, he continues too. The elements in the water of the money pit. I cannot accept the conclusion that there are full rooms and dump trucks. He put those two things in quotes of silver and gold in the money pit. Rick and Marty have dug a significant amount of holes in that area. If there was a significantly large amount of treasure there, they would have come up with something, anything, one piece of silver or gold. Instead, we are basing our conclusions that there is treasure in the money pit on a sole of an old shoe, a couple of human bone fragments, some tiny pits of leather and parchment, and atoms of elements in groundwater. I do not believe that the elemental composition of the water is anything but natural. I do not believe that it demonstrates the presence of hidden silver in the ground. I'm going to do my best. Let me interrupt here again. Matt, I'm going to do my best to get some answers for this during this offseason. This is one of the... Obviously, one of the areas of the show and science that we're going to try to dig a little deeper into and learn more about. Um, I have some ideas on how we can do that. So let's stay tuned on whether or not I'm, I don't know if I agree with you or not in that certain and that in the way you look at it there. I will say that there have been claims over the years that people have found bits of gold, bits of a gold chain, that kind of stuff. Uh, there was something that someone found that he squirreled off with, um, you know, years and years ago, all pre-money pit collapse. So it is possible that, um, you know, there was a lot of stuff there and it has since been completely dispersed or destroyed, depending on what it could be. Um, but that is being very, very, um, you know, glass half full, <laughs> which is not my want, right? Let's, let's face it. Anyway, he continues. Season nine expectations. One. I believe the cofferdam in the swamp will fall or fail. Uh, building a cofferdam in a swamp is different than building one that blocks the ocean. I believe that groundwater will continue to deteriorate and hamper the efforts to uncover anything of value in the swamp. Okay, let me stop again here. Um, a friend of mine said something just like this along along these lines to me, um, who knows a little bit about this kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. My my first thought was if you can get it into uh, the ground and you know the sea floor, which is certainly very wet. Uh, then you should be able to get it into this. But what do I know? Let's see. You could be right, Matt. Let's let's see what this brings. Anyway, he continues. Two, I believe the instruments in 10X will not bring any clarity to the hunt. Remember, 10X was initially dug on the data obtained by dowsing rods. Dowsing rods have been scientifically proven to be unreliable, and I do not believe that measuring cosmic rays ricocheting off materials at that depth will bring us any closer to the truth. Three, I believe Samuel Ball's story needs to be explained and researched in detail. I have had it with exaggerations of Samuel Ball's status and wealth on the island. Me too. I would like to have at least one episode dedicated to Laird Niven with Laird explaining how he determined facts about Ball's life from the archaeology itself. Well, let me interrupt here. Matt, I'll say Laird is working on that very thing right now. Um, will he ever be able to present those findings on the show? Who knows? Uh, I'm going to try to get him on this show, and he's already said he would, but we have to make it all work out to talk a little bit more about this. Anyway, he continues. Four, I think we need more Carmen Leg. I think he makes many broad gen generalizations, but he seems like a good dude, and I like his accent. Who doesn't? I know this email sounded jaded and disillusioned. Uh, it's been a tough week, but I'll continue to watch the show until the last episode airs. I still believe that the show is incredibly well done, mostly because of the cast, especially Marty and Rick. Um, watching this show always reminds me of my brother and the adventures we had growing up. I know this sounds corny, but to me, The Curse of Oak Island is really a story about brotherly love, supporting one another, and suspending disbelief because families should do right by each other no matter what. 
Thanks for listening. See you during season nine, Matt. Thank you so much, Matt. I assume I'll be back for season nine of podcasts, but you never know, right? I mean, I do this for free at the current moment, so I can never make any promises of how long this podcast will last. Uh, I got a lot of projects not podcast related coming up, uh, things that uh, do make me money. So, <laughs> and, I, and I'm married, uh, so she always watches how much time I spend doing things for free, as I would do to her if that were the case. <laughs> anyway. No promises, but I expect to be back. Uh, I agree with your thoughts there about uh, brother, the brotherly love connection. A- and I really think you're right, that this is a big part of this. And I think that's what hooked most of us, right? That's the thing. That's the concept that got us all watching how, how we all related to that idea. Here is this guy. He's got a Rick with a deep passion for this. And he has a wealthy little brother who, because he loves his big brother, is willing to spend literally millions of dollars to help his big brother realize his dream, a dream that he's had since they were kids. He even gets his wealthy, you know, buddy (laughs) to help him as well and Craig, right? It's a great and very human story. And one that I think viewers forget sometimes. Uh, And I think we got to keep that in mind. Great work, Matt. Thank you so much. Okay, let's go now to our friend Bernie who writes... To me, season eight has actually been the best so far. The amount of fines this year was a staggering number. I've always been more invested in the story than the actual treasure, and this year went a long way to telling that story. I still don't know what that story is. Nobody does. However, with each fine, no matter the size, we all get one piece closer to solving the puzzle. And I know that I'm probably in the minority with my thoughts, but I believe something fascinating has happened on that island in the past. Whether it is treasure military operation or something industrial at this point i don't know but i'm looking forward to finding out as far as season nine i've been so wrong so many times in the past of some of my predictions you and me both bernie i have given up making uh, making any because you know as well as i do that oak island is full of curveballs nothing goes as expected with that being said i do look forward to hearing what you and the rest of the listeners have to say i hope you and yours are staying safe and healthy everyone have a good summer um, uh, we hope the same for you, Bernie and, uh, Bernie and I are working, he's working on a new podcast and I'll keep you up to date on when he gets that finished up. So you can all go and listen to that. But, um, and he's trying to get me involved in it, which I've agreed to do. I'm very happy to do so. It is not Oak Island related. It's music related, which is my other passion, right? Um, anyway, thank you so much for the email, Bernie. Always great to hear from you. Good luck with your project. Our friend Steve in Ohio also went back and looked at his preseason predictions from last year. Gutsy stuff, guys. And he writes us, Dave, I had to dig this up from October 2020 and see how I did with my season eight predictions. Probably the best way to sum up the season as well. And now he gets into his predictions. Because of COVID-19, there will be fewer visits to people like Carmen Legg and Dr. Krista Brousseau. Oddly enough, not bad prediction. At least they stopped subtitling Carmen. Okay, I'm going to chime in here. Yes, um, in some of these, uh, I would say that, yes, you're right. Um, They did make a lot of these visits, and thank God for that, you know, taking off the subtitling for Carmen Leg. I always found that a little weird. Um, We did have plenty of visits, but you definitely saw fewer than in years past, and you saw different types, right? There were no trips overseas, Um, There weren't any trips to some professor's lab in a university somewhere. We've seen all that before. We didn't see that this year. Anyway, he continues. They pulled the coffer dam from Smith's Cove last year, so probably not a lot of activity in the cove. 100% true. Yes, you were true on that one. 
His next prediction. I did read on Oak Island from the other side of the Causeway Facebook page that a convoy of cofferdam materials crossed the Causeway. If it's not headed to Smith's Cove, where is it headed? My guess would be the swamp, but maybe they finally plan to explore the offshore back door. If they've identified such a candidate location, uh, well, if they identified such a candidate location, and then he writes, 50% correct. Apparently, they waved it off when they discovered the stone pathway. From what was stated in the season wrap-ups, they seem to plan to do this in season nine. Um, yes, Steve, they do. Uh, I think you're right there. Um, and it is an interesting plan, as we talked about, whether or not it can be actually implemented. Who knows? But I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, Steve continues. Something like excavating the Daniel McGinnis or Samuel Ball properties seems worth a worthy effort as they left many questions unanswered based on some, some of their findings. Is there really a hidden treasure cellar? And then he says, they went all in on Samuel Ball. Did they find a hidden treasure cellar, hidden treasure cellar door? I'm sorry I'm having such a problem with these. I'm reading a lot here. Uh, anyway, Steve, do you really think they found a cellar door and just didn't open it yet? Hmm, not so sure about that. Um, I mean, what do you think? They decided not to tell us? I hate to say it, but at this point, I don't think they found a treasure, a treasure cellar door. Anyway, Steve continues. There'll be lots of Zoom-based theory interviews uh, and then he says, where there are lots, don't recall whether there are lots, some for sure, crackpots need their crackpot session time. Oh, you're right, they certainly do. I would say some, I would say some Zoom-based theory interviews, um, but not a lot more than normal, right? I mean, it just seemed like the Zoom stuff, the video conferencing stuff was these weird sort of conferences with guys that we thought were on the island, right? Because of the way it was edited and all that. And I was expecting a lot more of this stuff than normal, considering the reduction in actual work footage. Um, and it looks like this year's crop of crack pots will also have to be on video call, as we mentioned before. Anyway, Steve concludes, and they may begin the big dig in the money pit area. He writes, 0% true. And if Craig Tester is to be believed, no time soon. Happy brink of summer, Steve. And let me say this. I think Craig is right. With that, now that's the end of Steve's email. I'm saying this myself. Uh, I think Craig is right. When you consider what you would have to do to literally dig up every inch of ground where someone or another thinks the money pit might be, I mean, that is a crazy big and ridiculously expensive proposition. And I think this idea of layer doing it level by level or layer by layer probably is the right way to go. They need to have a better idea of what they're targeting first and where they are. They can't do the entire money pit area. It's huge. Uh, you know, maybe they can get a better target next year and then do something. But man, the big dig seems like a. I don't know if it's actually possible. Anyway, let's go to an email from John who writes simply I've been closely following the show, The Curse of Oak Island, and I would just like to hear more about the curse and the digs and stuff that's not included in the show. I feel like I'm only getting half a story. You and me both, John. I would love it if Prometheus dropped the whole mysterious narrative and just gave us a documentary about this project, but I'm sure that would not be anywhere near as popular or as lucrative for them. Uh, I think our only hope here is, after all, after this, this is all over, the, you know, the show, that is, that we'll get a book or two that will serve to sort of fill in these blanks. Fingers crossed. Anyway, here's an email from our good friend Jesse who writes, Dave, Season 8, The Curse of Oak Island, The Miracle Season in My Book, we are very fortunate that we even got a season eight. The world stopped because of COVID-19. However, the guys were able to get on the island and pull together a great season. I really love the archaeology side of the season. We really got to see them get their hands dirty 
In previous seasons, we would have seen the guys start an archaeological dig and then come back around after it had been fully excavated. This year, we got to see the day-by-day digging. Knowing that they were not going to get anyone on the island for a large-scale dig, I thought I would miss Slamming Can. <laughs> He's referring to the big cans that Vanessa Lucido's group, Rock rock Digging or whatever they were, did there. I, I didn't, though. We didn't get those episodes that took entire hour just to dig a hole only to get to bedrock and come out with boards from a searcher tunnel. Very happy that they were able to drain the swamp and do a proper dig in it. Wow, did the swamp deliver. I'm excited for next year in the swamp. Poor Samuel Ball, he writes... If he, if he had a dollar every time they said he was the richest man, <laughs> unfortunately he didn't. Uh, very excited about the wood found in the swamp they, that they couldn't pull up. It is another slipway or a boat. What is a small, or was it a small building of some sort? And he concludes, there will be silver in them holes. Dump truck load. What else to say about that? Thanks. Jesse, thank you again for your email. Very well said across the board. Uh, this is the last email for this show. Um, and I saved this one for last because I wanted to end the listener portion here on, on kind of a positive note and pick up right where Jesse left off with my own sort of personal feelings about this season. Listen, I'm not going to pretend the season was not without its challenges. But the thing is, those challenges were across the board, meaning the COVID pandemic challenged the dig team, the producers, and yes, inevitably, as a result, the viewers. If you had asked me in April 2020, if we would even get a season of The Curse of Oak Island, I would have said it was in serious doubt, and we should all, as viewers, feel lucky and happy with any new Oak Island content resulting from the summer of 2020. Instead, what we got was a full 25-episode season of our favorite show with some really great stuff in there. As Jesse said, Laird's work on the Samuel Ball Foundation is fantastic, Um you know, the piece of, old, of very old and finished wood in the swamp, the potential of silver in the money pit. I mean, that's a lot of really cool stuff, exciting stuff that really has us looking forward to next season. But to me, and you knew there would be a but, right? The mistake Prometheus made was trying as hard as possible to achieve normalcy rather than kind of rolling with the punches and presenting us with a different type of season, such as maybe some fewer episodes, and some episodes focusing, you know, fewer episodes focusing on the actual work filmed on the island, and replacing those with perhaps more special episodes about theories or history. The producers had what felt to us like an almost maniacal dedication to trying to air a season that looked as much like the previous few seasons as humanly possible for them. And to me, it is that decision where we get the most difficult challenges for viewers. It is that decision that led, that led for the show making a big deal out of these quote-unquote fines that turn out to be nothing. Listen, don't you think Gary Drayton finds things like doorknobs and lipstick covers every year while he's out there? Of course he does. But in those seasons where there actually is months and months worth of footage of the digging... That stuff ends up on the editing room floor. This year, because they were hell-bent on giving us the most normal possible season they could deliver, we had to endure that stuff. And it was, oftentimes, hard to endure. In my mind, they came very close to jumping the shark this year with the lipstick cover, right? For anyone who doesn't know what I mean by jumping the shark, look it up, it's hilarious. And Laird knew it was a lipstick cover. He knew it. And you could tell he knew it. 
I really think in past seasons, we would not have seen one second of that whole swagger stick thing. Because Laird would have said, let's look up if this is a lipstick cover. And then they would have found out it was, and we never would have gotten it. But this year, since Prometheus was determined to make 25 episodes, we got to see that. In my mind, that was the biggest mistake and the biggest issue that I have with this season. Listen, we're all armchair quarterbacks with this show, right? That's what we do here. And I'm completely aware of the fact that there are probably contractual obligations they have with the network and those sorts of things that led to this decision. I get it. And here's something else I get. The factors that led to this mistake might very well be the case this season, too. As I mentioned before, Nova Scotia is in another COVID lockdown. Canada is not as far along in the vaccination situation as many parts of the United States are. Once again, the options for the Laginas might be severely limited here. Will they even be able to get a crew on the island to build that cofferdam we're talking about in the swamp? Will Rick actually be able to get that crazy tunneling machine he was talking about uh, you know, on the island in 2020? At this point, no one knows. But I certainly know it's going to be tough. So what point am I trying to make by saying this here? Simply this. If the team's dig season is once again severely cut by COVID, I urge Prometheus to be better prepared for that eventuality, which is something they could not have been prepared for before. But they should be better prepared for that this year and actually have a plan B. We can't have another season marred by lipstick covers and brass doorknobs being turned into gold nuggets and military cane toppers. Those types of mistakes just can't go on forever. They are running the risk of alienating the dedicated fans already, and they can't keep going down that road for much longer without consequences. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of the Digging Oak Island podcast, Um, folks. And with this episode, we're going to take a little break here for a few weeks while I uh, do some research and conduct a few interviews for the summer off-season shows. Uh, So stay subscribed wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss an episode. Uh, I know I have a few emails I need to get to that I haven't answered yet. Uh, We will do that when we get, you know, these were the ones that were sent to me over the last week or so that aren't directly related to the season eight review. Uh, I promise I'll get to them in a summer episode. So keep those emails coming in. I might not get to them right away for the next episode you hear, but we will do it. What What I like to do in the summer is usually dedicate a show or two just to getting through these emails and talking through this stuff and answering your questions, the stuff that you have, you know. Um, So stay tuned in this feed for that. Uh, Shameless plug time. I produce another podcast, tell you about it every week. It's called Sit Downs and Sessions. Me and my friend and longtime radio host Chris Poe sit down over a drink or two and we talk about pubs and music, a little politics, the paranormal, basically anything two guys uh, would talk about over a pint at a bar. Give it a listen. You can find Sit Downs and Sessions at Apple Podcasts, you know, Spotify, all the usual podcast places. This week, we're actually talking some more UFO stuff. Chris really is an expert on this subject. It's something he's been interested in for you know, 50 years. So have a listen to that if you are a uh, UFO uh, person interested in UFOs. Also, if you're enjoying the Digging Oak Island podcast, I ask you to please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And a big thank you to everyone who has left us a five-star rating already. I really, really do appreciate that. Thank you for taking the time to do that. Thank you especially for the kind words. 
Don't forget, you can also follow the show on Facebook and Twitter. We are at Digging Oak Island. And again, if you have any questions or comments that you want to send directly to me, you can do so via email, diggingoakisland at gmail.com. Just keep in mind, if you send me an email or even a direct message on social media, uh, I may just answer it here on a podcast. So if you don't want your message read aloud to everybody listening, just please make a note of that for me. So until we speak again, thank you for joining me all year on this podcast. I'm Dave McBride. Thank you for listening to Digging Oak Island.